Hello, friends, and welcome. This summer, we invite you to join us for our outdoor worship gatherings at Letty Park through August 6th. And because the emphasis on our gatherings there will be a little less on the sermon, which will be on the shorter end, more like an exhortation, and because we'll be focusing a considerable portion of our gathering times uh, in small groups, we're taking a break from the podcast till mid to late August when we start meeting back inside again. So this will be the last podcast till we return inside in August. This summer, we're doing something we've never done before at Church at the Well. We're taking the whole of the summer or the whole of our outdoor gatherings this summer, that's six weeks, to slow down with a single psalm and to go deep, revisiting it each week, taking time to study it, contemplate it, discuss it, journal about it, and pray it. Maybe some folks will even be inclined to commit it to heart. That psalm is Psalm 23. Let's start by listening to the psalm, listening to the whole of the psalm. This is a visually rich psalm, and so I invite you to close your eyes as you listen, if you feel comfortable, and let yourself imagine the images, see the images. In your mind, let the psalm come to life. Psalm 23, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Now, the author of this psalm is David, and we know that before he was a king, David was a shepherd. So when David talks about shepherds and sheep here, he knows what he's talking about. There are many names for God in Scripture. Some of the Old Testament names that we see are names like Elohim, God the Omnipotent Creator. Adonai, God the Master and Head. El Shaddai, God the Almighty. El Elyon, God the Most High. But here, David refers to God as 
Yahweh Roi, God, my shepherd. This is a very different image of God. So let's look for a moment at what the word shepherd means. The Hebrew word for shepherd, roi, literally means to feed and to tend the flock. So you could paraphrase this verse as saying, the Lord is my feeder and my tender, or the Lord is the one who tends me and feeds me. This is an image of nurture and provision. If God is all-powerful, then his power is a nurturing power. His power is a providing power. Let me share with you a few things that a shepherd does. The shepherd leads the flock out to pasture. And when all the forage in the area has been eaten, the shepherd moves the sheep onto fresh pasture. The shepherd has to keep an eye out for poisonous plants and shrubs, making sure that the sheep don't graze near them or consume them. The shepherd keeps an eye on any sheep that may tend to wander off. And we're talking here about uh, nomadic shepherds and sheep, right? So these are not sheep necessarily uh, within a fence during the day. You see, sheep do tend to follow each other, and they can very easily follow each other into dangerous places, such as toward a cliff, And so it's the shepherd's responsibility to keep uh, the sheep from unsafe places. The shepherd, of course, wards off predators that would come close. And the shepherd teaches the sheep to recognize and respond to the shepherd's voice, which is one way that the shepherd leads the sheep and warns the sheep when there's danger near. Part of a shepherd's job is to assist with uh, the birth of the lambs and to give special care to the newborn lambs who might require it. Think about how some lambs require being bottle-fed. These are all expressions of the shepherd's authority. Now, authority is a word we don't tend to like very much in our culture. We tend to be skeptical about authority, and with good reason, right? Because we have so frequently seen it abused. In our minds, authority has a tendency to coerce and manipulate and be self-centered. But here, God paints a different picture of authority. It's the authority of perfect love. Here's how Jesus says it when he's talking to his disciples. He says, Important leaders use their power over the people. In another translation, it says, They lord it over the people. It must not be that way with you, Jesus says. But whoever wants to be great among you, let him care for you. Whoever wants to be first among you, let him be your servant. For the Son of Man came not to be cared for. He came to care for others. This is Matthew 20, verses 25 through 28. This is a beautiful kind of authority, isn't it? The authority of using one's power and one's position, not to serve oneself, but to care for others. And this is the authority of God. It's an authority that is humble and that is generous. An authority which operates 
entirely out of love on behalf of the other. Now, let's be clear here. Even if the shepherd is good and gentle and loving, not everything the shepherd does on behalf of the sheep is going to be experienced by the sheep as pleasant. Right? There's going to be a time when the shepherd uh, secures the sheep, even ties down the sheep in order to shear it. And this is necessary because if the sheep isn't tied down and secured, it would be in danger of getting cut by the shepherd's shears. There's also going to be a time when the shepherd has to trim the sheep's hooves. If the shepherd doesn't trim the sheep's hooves, the sheep run the risk of developing foot rot. And there's going to be a time when the shepherd applies oil into the sheep's nose to prevent a certain fly called a sheep-bought fly from laying its eggs in the nose of the sheep. You see, if the fly lays its eggs there, the larvae can infect the sheep's brain and cause the sheep to hurt itself or even die, banging its head to relieve itself of the irritation. So even the hard things the shepherd does in the shepherd's authority, the things the sheep don't much like, probably don't understand, are in fact for the sheep's good. You see, when God is at work in our lives, not everything he does is going to be pleasant nor will we be able to make sense of everything he does in the moment. But we can trust that he is at work on our behalf for our good, because he is the good shepherd. Let me ask you a question. Where does a sheep spend, sorry, where does a shepherd spend his or her time? The shepherd is constantly with the sheep, right? In fact, the shepherd spends a lot of time just simply observing the sheep. There's a woman in Vermont who raises Gotland sheep. This is a breed originally from Sweden. And on her blog, she writes this. She says, One day, my husband found me just standing in our paddock area with the sheep. He asked me what I was doing. I responded, Getting to know my sheep. You see, the good shepherd gets to know her sheep really, really well. Gets to know what each one needs individually. Which ones are pregnant? Which ones are anxious and skittish? Which ones are old or perhaps hobbling? Which ones tend to wander off or try to escape? The shepherd spends so much time with the sheep and gets to know the sheep so well, you could almost say that the shepherd is a friend of the sheep. And that is a picture of our God. We don't have a God who is distant, but who is with us, leading us, watching over us, feeding and nourishing us, tending us, protecting us. Because that's what a good shepherd does. A good shepherd spends his time with the sheep. There's so much more we could say about shepherds and sheep. But here's the takeaway I want to leave you with. We are not under our own care. We are under another's care. We are under the care of our shepherd God. I think most of us tend to spend most of our lives operating as if we are strictly under our own care. But we are under 
the care of our shepherd, God. I'd like to give us a few moments just to contemplate that, to let it sink in. And I will lead these few moments with this question. What would it look like for you to operate as one who is under the shepherd's care? Maybe there are areas of your life where you do submit to his care, where you yield to his care. Perhaps there are other areas of your life where you operate as if you are strictly under your own care. What would it look like for you to operate in every area of your life as one who is under the shepherd's care? Let's close with a prayer. Good Shepherd, you guide us, you protect us, you lead us, you feed us, and you give us rest. Your authority is a good authority, it is a beautiful authority. Your authority is the authority of love. Forgive us for when we have strayed, when we have gone off on our own way, often at our own peril. Thank you for coming after us. Help us to trust that even when what you do doesn't make sense to us or is hard, unpleasant, you are always working for our good in every circumstance. We want to follow you. We want to know your voice. Help us to be able to say with David from the depths of our being, the Lord is my shepherd. Amen.